At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of Wolves Fancast. David Evans here. On the podcast this week, we've got Adam, Matt and Roy. You'll hear from them in a second. But on this episode, we are doing a sequel to our mental health episode from about 16 months ago. So back in November 2018, we decided to uh, get together and do an episode to talk about our own experiences, uh, past or present, uh, with mental health and the challenges and some of the uh, stigma that comes with um, the challenges of having uh, mental health and to perhaps raise more awareness of what it's like to have those daily challenges and what are the things, if you are suffering with it, things that we've learnt over time that can help you with it. Now, given the current circumstances in the world with coronavirus, we thought this was a good opportunity to revisit this topic and to talk about how it is affecting our minds at the moment and how this plethora that's happening across the world could be affecting us even more and it's one of those things where even if you perhaps haven't suffered with a form of anxiety or depression or any other challenge with mental health before you may be experiencing that for the first time now given the stresses that are going on at the moment with what's happening with coronavirus so we thought we'd get together and talk about how this has been a challenge um, in terms of mental health. What are the things that we're worried about and concerned about? And are there any things that we've been able to do so far, whether you're self-isolating, working from home, uh, that you've been able to help cope with and manage and ease your mind during this process? And some things you might hear from this is that there might be things that you feel worried about that you think perhaps are quite silly to be worried about that you don't really want to say to anybody else but actually you might find that when you listen to this episode some of those things that you're worried about that you feel a bit daft about worrying about it as it were that most of the people have got those same concerns as well so if you're someone who you feel suffers with a, a challenge with mental health or someone who doesn't but wants to understand more about what it feels like and what it's like or someone who you feel like you are getting a bit down or you're getting a bit anxious about the situation at the moment, why not listen to this podcast and see what other people have had to say about their experiences so far with coronavirus and their mental health? Certain times right at the minute. Um, how have you, you know, since we've all been perhaps working from home or getting used to what uh, coronavirus is, how it affects us, but also the lockdown at the moment, how have you found this experience in general with with your mind how how have you found um the experience for you um mixed i guess is probably the easiest way to describe it you know a mixed bag of emotions in terms of how i've found it um the one of the challenges that i've found is um a routine or lack thereof um because for, for me personally i'm someone who's always been office based and now i'm predominantly working well i am working from home literally every day so that that's been a challenge, but why I say it's mixed is it also has given me opportunity to perhaps have more family time than I would normally be afforded to. You know, obviously it cuts out the commuter time going to and from work um, and a lunch hour, which would be spent on my own, for example. Um, so the you know the idea for me that I can do some work in the morning and then. Um, as, as I know you've said as well, spend some time with your family, go in the garden, we've been blessed with the weather. That, that's, that's been a real positive. Um, I mean, for me, mentally, what's, what's really sort of helped me in terms of my mental health um, is exercise, is getting out. And also, I guess what I have missed, if I'm being completely honest, is my own solitary time. So by that, 
um, you know, time getting to work on my own or going for a walk on my own. I, I do quite like my own company and I think that can help mentally as well. So you kind of have to all, be all in it together with, with the family. So um, it's been an adjustment. So it's it's been a mixed bag, um, feeling the same sort of anxieties that I think we're all feeling. Um, and it's been a readjustment, but I'm trying to be positive, but I, you know, I'm not just trying. I think there are positives whereby the, the routine has changed, and I am a routine person. But there's, there's the benefits of, of having time at home are certainly the, the positives that I'm trying to draw on at the moment. It's one of those strange ones, isn't it, where in the position that um, you and I are in, who are like uh, many parents who you work from home and you've got your children at home as well, it's odd how you don't. Um, realise that solitary time that you were talking about there, that time just to switch off your brain for a few minutes, mm-hmm. uh, where when you're at home you're conscious of um, doing your work, but also spending time with your children but also sharing uh, sharing out that time with your partner so they can work uh, and vice versa and it's it's funny how you know I find it when I get to the evening when my, my, my two daughters have gone to bed, that's when perhaps you can get that time just to kind of switch off for a few minutes. And it's, I think it's perhaps even in the day as well, trying to find those moments where you don't feel like, not only you rushed off your feet, but you feel like you've got, you've got to constantly do something every waking mm. moment to justify being at home. Um, and I, I completely agree with you there in terms of trying to find, and it could be sometimes where it's, it can overpower your brain a bit. In a sense mm-hmm. that you are, you're constantly having to think, right, I'll, I'll do this now, I'll do this now, oh no, I've got to, I'll do this now, but now I've got to try and manage my time and I've got to try and give um, uh, time, obviously, for other people to allow them to do their thing as well. I, I think that's it, really. It's kind of a ranking a, a priority. And when I look at it in terms of mental health, sometimes you have to be a little bit selfish, and I think that can be difficult because... You, you know, you have a responsibility and also, you know, you love that responsibility and you're grateful for it to, to be there for your wife and be there for, for your kids. But um, just as you were talking there and I was talking about time alone, I saw this memory, which I don't know if you saw online from Mundial, um, about Kevin Keegan and he's there crouched over and he, I think it read something along the lines of, I'm just having another minute on the toilet before I have to join my family for the evening. <laughs> okay, and it yeah. kind of made me smile because it's finding that little solitude in terms of, I know it sounds ridiculous, but either going for a walk, having a bath or so forth, because you can find, um, I think that sort of your your freedom and independence is kind of taken away. But also you're juggling that with, you know, not, not so much trying to um, be, be selfish, but having that time, but also making sure, as you say, you've got that time for your family. But um, it, it, the reverse of that, you, I, I feel a lot more comfortable that I'm, I'm working from home, that I feel like I'm doing my bit as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's 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 a new balance and it might be something that going forward, is you know, we see more of in terms of this working from home environment. But, yeah, it's... Um, it's finding the positives. It's 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 a it's a shit time for for a lot of us, but I think there's maybe some sort of green shoots of sort of positive positivity where um, we're having more time, although it's enforced on us to to you know sounds cheesy, but to kind of appreciate that little things things that you may miss out on during the day um, that you have with your family, you know. I'm grateful. I know that doesn't apply to everyone, and there's people who are perhaps in unhappy situations at home and I really feel for but those of us who are fortunate to have a relatively happy household um, you know you're always striving for that balance and I don't think you should beat yourself up if you you don't quite get it Um, but yeah there's plenty of positives to 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 be drawn in in this situation that's been enforced upon us. One of the strange things I found in the last couple of weeks especially is going to the shops now is both a um rewarding experience because it's finally a chance to get out and be able to do something that's not just your own four walls uh, but also it's it's a really stressful experience now shopping because of obviously the panic buying that came into place firstly the restrictions that have been put into place and I, I don't know how you found it when you go to the shops but I'm I'm so much more conscious now of what I'm buying there's obviously this this guide to only buying your essentials so I'm very conscious if I buy anything extra but also I'm always conscious of uh, and of when you're trying to buy things, not looking like you're buying 
the wrong things, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. or buying uh, over the top. Or if you think you pick something up and you pick up another one of it, you, th- you think, oh, hang on, are, are people going to be looking at me thinking, oh, am I, am I hoarding this? Am I, am I buying the wrong things there? And I always find it, it's such a, a weird experience now when you go to the shop where, you, I, I don't know, I'm always conscious that perhaps more people are eyeing you up or looking at you what you're buying more than ever and being conscious that you don't want to be seen as that person who is perhaps buying more than you should but then also you're trying to balance out the fact that depending on your scenario that you may need to buy more items if you've got more people in your household to feed or mm-hmm. if you're the, if you're having to go get supplies for uh, family or people neighbours perhaps who haven't self-isolated at the moment how have you found that shopping experience at the minute yeah very very similar it does resonate i think you know sort of the the, the difficulties um an, an experience which is something that is just kind of just part of what we do and part of our everyday suddenly taken on a different level and there's a there's a heightened anxiety there whereby you feel socially responsible and sort of ethically responsible in terms of what you buy but also you know, you can go into to so much detail, you can get your milk, you can get your bread, but then also you probably do want those treats because you are in. And and also, I think what I, what I found as well is, it, and, and fortunately, you know, the the, uh, the panic sort of buying seems to have sort of subsided. But I, I remember initially, I went to the shops and I couldn't get, what was it I couldn't get? I couldn't get nappies, so I couldn't get nappies for, for my youngest daughter. And then... Um, a little bit late, later on, when the social this is prior sort of to the social distancing, um, I, I had two calls from both um, parents, my, my parents and Rachel's parents, and they brought both brought a load of nappies. So they were kind of part of the problem, but it was in they were doing it in you know pure love and pure yeah. sort. Of, so so I think going to your point there, really, you don't know that person's circumstances. So if they do happen to have brought a lot. It's because these are necessities and because perhaps someone in their family hasn't. So you kind of feel like you're being judged. But I don't find it a pleasant experience because I feel like I need to be in and I need to be out. I need to be quick. Um, it's really difficult keeping the the social distances. What I've tended to do is I've gone to shops which are less populated. So, for example, I've gone to around here, the Penn Local, um, and they've really been quite good in terms of getting on board with it. And it might be a little bit more expensive, but it's more of a comfortable shop. You know, I hear stories at supermarkets and I heard one this morning and I saw some footage online where people are getting very, very touchy with people, getting very, very anxious. And I understand it because there is a heightened anxiety. So um, it's not a pleasant experience. But again, I want to try and keep this positive because I think it's important. Uh, you know, you recognise, I think, within the shop situation where you might get a cursory smile or you might see someone backtrack because they feel like they're going to get into your way. And that's really kind and that's really courteous. So at the moment, I don't find it particularly pleasant. Um, but I kind of feel like I should because I, I feel like I should leave the online deliveries to those that really need it. And also at the moment, that's still really busy to, to get a delivery. But it's not, uh, you kind of feel like you go out and you're, you're armed and it's a bit of a mission to get in and get out. Like it's some sort of military experience. So I know that sounds bizarre and it's nowhere near, but you know, in terms of a comparison, but in respect of you feeling that you're putting yourself at risk by doing it. Um, so it's a, it's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's strange. Like I, you know, when I, I look at trying booking an online delivery stock now, cause you're thinking like, I'd rather, you know, if you spe- you know, the, the obviously the advice is not to go out and thinking, right, let's do an online delivery start. Then when you look online and there's like no deliveries for three or four weeks, you start to go, oh well. And I think there's it, there's that odd, that odd panic that you think start thinking, when am I going to be able to get food, or am I going to be able to get food, or um, and, and then you're obviously conscious of not when you go to the shop, you're conscious of not picking up too many things in certain circumstances because you're thinking, well. I, I want to leave that for an NHS worker or somebody who's elderly or vulnerable so they can have that instead. And I think there's this shopping has become such a weird experience now. I know that I think the last time I went to the shops and you were going down the aisles expecting to see an empty aisle and then you st- firstly you're shocked that the, 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 the tills, are, not the tills, the aisles are actually fully stocked. But I went mm. past the uh, the nappy aisle and it was fully stocked and it was almost like this halo moment like, oh. I, was like, yeah. I can't believe the nappies there and you think well 
of course they're there. Like why? And it's <laughs> it's such it's such a weird experience. Like it's such a it's it's one of these things where, like you touched on there, it's, it's an anxiety um, that perhaps people who don't usually suffer anxiety uh, or any other forms of uh, a mental health um, challenge uh, are probably experiencing at the moment. This is this could be you know the stress. Uh, of what this experience is bringing at the moment is is probably brand new. Um, now that kind of touched me on the next point I want to ask you, Roy, on on this is is the things that you've found that you've been worrying about at all, or has heightened your uh, mental health that perhaps wouldn't have been an issue before. I mean, not just shopping, but also perhaps there's all you know there's people a lot of issues that people are experiencing at the moment are you know worries about work, about whether you know how long this is going to go for and how that's going to affect their job and the health of the family, and perhaps the, you know your, our own health as well. Are we going to catch it? How bad is it going to be? Am I going to have to go to hospital? Other things, perhaps that you know, day to day life wouldn't have bothered you, but now with with what's going on, is perhaps setting you off a bit more. Yeah, I think so. I think I think to that point, I think that there's there's, there's two sort of prongs to that. From a, a sort of a, a work um, perspective. You know, so I've seen that in our household where it's just me effectively who's who's, who's working full time at the moment, and and it's uncertain times. I don't know how the the economy is going to recover, so there's there's a concern there. But I think to, to 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 level that, and it's something we've we've discussed previously. You know, we kind of have the mentality that we're all in it together. So you know, there there are certain uh, um, you know legislations out there now to kind of to, to support people. So that that does give give comfort from a a health perspective, um, you're always worried in terms of, you know, um, keeping your family safe and well. Um, but it's heightened, isn't it, now? Because it feels like, and it's described, isn't it, as sort of an invisible enemy. And it, it's definitely heightened. And I perhaps didn't um, have concerns for my physical health because I like to think that I generally am quite a healthy person and that I'm quite considerate in terms of, you know my, my my food and my drink and so forth and fitness so I, I kind of yeah i feel okay generally but this is, is what we've seen doesn't um you know go down to per, to person's you know uh, weight or, or their their well-being or their age for example it's, it's non-discriminate so i guess that is more of a worry and i think also for me it's the practical worry so for example i worry that if i'm ill or my wife's ill, for example, and I have to go into hospital, or or either of us do, um, who's going to look after our children? Because we're in a situation where my parents are effectively isolated and there's that social distancing. So it's all those little practicalities that in an ordinary situation whereby if we're affected by health, we would perhaps have that support. That support isn't there because of the the distancing and because we've got people within our support network um, that are obviously suffering as well. So that's sort of a greater concern to me um, and one which, um, yeah, it's kind, of, it's, it's kind of always in the background, your health, but these are uncertain times. So if you do drop ill, it, it's it's worrying about that. You've got that support network in place that, that would normally be there to, to help and support. How, how have you, because obviously, you know, uh, a lot of us now work from home if they can. Um, how, how have you found kind of coping uh, with this new routine? Is there anything you've been able to do, any tips or techniques of kind of strategies or things you've picked up that you've actually thought this is actually helping in, in your circumstances, this is helping me that perhaps other people may be able to try out that they may not have tried out before? Yeah, I think to, to to that end, you know, I have found it difficult because I do like a routine. So what I've tried to do as best possible is, is normalise my working from home as close to as I can to what I would do if I was working from the office, for example. So by that, you know, uh, for someone for me, for my mental health, you know, running has been absolutely instrumental and been a massive help or supporter for want of a better term for, for my mental health and well-being so what I've what I've tried to do is is go out in the morning before work per se and work now is literally when I turn the laptop on so doing that sort of prior to when the the, the, the kids are in bed and getting my run out because that's my time and that's my that's my time in terms of having that time out to myself and then get back showered changed and so forth 
Um, and then having lunch is when I would normally have a lunch, you know. So that that's helped, you know. It, it's a unique situation, and, and working from home can, can work for some people. For me, I find it difficult because um, I can sometimes feel lazy because there's a temptation that, oh, because I'm home and there's no travelling, I can just pick that up later. So I try and build in a routine uh, whereby I'm up in the morning, I go for a run, I go for a walk, come back, I have my lunch. I know whatever's on, on my plate work-wise that I have that time out in the garden as it is at the moment, um, you know, with, with my daughters. And that really sort of fuels me on. So, you know, people will deal with this in, in very different ways. But what I would suggest to people, and it might sound daft, is if you are like me and like a routine and you're in this situation, this unique situation, just try and replicate it to what would be a normal working day. So maybe, you know, put the clothes on you would go to work and if it's practical and and have your dinner at structured times and just give yourself your own structure and your own routine um because i think for me your, your mind will feel better for it because if you're someone who likes working to routine and working to deadlines um yeah for me that for me that's really helped matt one of the things i found with this situation is especially with the news and the amount of stuff there is about coronavirus and it's obviously we all want to know what's going on, we want to be informed, but it gets to a point where I feel like I'm I'm delving into it too much. So there's like a website called, I think it's called Worldometer, which is supposed to give you update statistics of people in the world who have got coronavirus, how many people have died, what the percentage rates are. And I don't know, it gets, I find that in my mind, it gets to a point where it feels a bit overwhelming sometimes, and <laughs> you feel like everywhere you go, it's always about coronavirus, even the things that you want to enjoy in life. The, the TV shows or anything, there's something about coronavirus or it's affected by it. Um, and then when you try and switch off from it, there's always something else around the corner that's about coronavirus and not trying to look at the stats too much. How, I don't know what what's your experience been in the news and trying to balance the information you get. Well, it's definitely kind of two extremes, really. The, the one extreme will be an oversaturation of news that you're consuming so you're you've got twitter you've got facebook you've got instagram which for the most part aren't filled with credible sources so there's problem a in that you're reading stuff from people that is just opinion and not fact and a lot of that can be doom doom and gloom so that doesn't help you you know your mental health the other side of it is the credible sources so your news outlets etc you you watch it and you watch it and it becomes addictive because you feel like you need to know everything Mm. Um, and the more that you watch, the more it can bring you down. But the, the other side to that is then if you're not watching enough or you don't feel as well informed, then it's what, you know, it's fear of missing out, really. The worry is, OK, well, you're not going to be as informed as everybody else. Am I putting myself at greater risk? And I think that's what I found. Like, it's really difficult to balance those two things out. Do I do I stay as alert as possible? And, and, and is having information making my life any better or making mm. me feel less anxious about it? And, and probably not because, you know, with the greatest will in the world, I think in these difficult scenarios, yes, it's important to understand how Sweden are dealing with the problem, etc., or, or these other countries, but my life is controlled within the four walls of, of my house and the, my immediate family. And I think yeah. we can really oversaturate ourselves sometimes by consuming so much information about this um and then not taking in kind of the right information i've found really difficult as well so you know listening or, or watching or reading the opinions of you know non-experts is is dangerous sometimes because you can be given incorrect information then you worry well have i been doing the right thing all along have i been doing the wrong thing all along and, and that's and that's really difficult so Trying to, uh, trying to ration the amount of information you take in, I think is, is something you've got to do. Which, how, how, when have we ever done that as a society? We just want, we just want as much content as possible, don't we, of, of everything that we have. So that's what I've struggled with a little yeah. bit. And I've had to really try and take myself away from looking at those daily stats as well. When you see the mm-hmm. death rate, could be notes. When you see the death rate and you see the it's horrible seeing the amount of people who who die daily, but then it kind of you know when you're almost trying to find that little ray of hope, aren't you? Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. look at the figures, if it goes down a day, you think oh okay maybe something's going on there, then it might go up again, and it gets to a point where I think it can affect your mind in terms of I think like you talk about the experts as well. You might see one expert say one thing, but then yep. you might see another one say, it and you're thinking oh I'm going to lean to that one because they're being a bit more positive about it. Mm-hmm. And I've had to really, like this Worldometer website I talked about before, I've had to really kind of think, you know what, David, you're not, 
trying to search for any kind of glimmer of hope at the moment where at the moment in the UK it's probably going to get worse and it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. It's trying to say, look, I think you've just got to... I think a phrase you used when we were, when we originally to record this show yesterday was you can only control what you can control. Yeah, yes, you can get 100%. this information, but um, it's you seeing a stat that of stats go, unfortunately going up a day. It, it's not going to affect you per se in that moment. Yeah, there's, there's there's absolutely uncontrollable factors, but what and it's 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 very easy to say, not so easy to do. Is mm. understand that people that go out and sunbathe in the parks and they're flouting the rules and stuff those people are doing that will that have a detrimental effect on the problem yes it probably will but i i don't have any control of that but what i do have control about is making sure that i keep myself safe i keep my family safe by not visiting i'm doing everything that i can to make sure that i'm controlling what's in my environment and in my world mm. um and worrying about things that you have absolutely no impact on is just an unnecessary worry and it, it sounds really uh, holier than thou and really easy to do but sometimes you've got you've got to just sit back and just think I, I have zero impact on this it's like watching it's like watching the game i have zero impact on what's going to happen on the pitch <laughs> yeah. do you know what i mean i wish i did i wish i did but I, I don't so sometimes when it's you know you just need to sit back and just think i'm doing everything i can and if you are doing everything that you can you'll feel better naturally mm. because you think, listen, I'll put my hands up, I've done what I can, and that that's what personally makes me feel better anyway. It's like when I, when I used to play football manager as a kid, and mm-hmm. um, let's say the team I was managing was winning in an important game, yep. and I realised that I was in a certain position, like my hand might be in a certain position on the keyboard, <laughs> I would purposely freeze in that for the rest of the game because I thought, I don't know, if I keep like this, will, yep. the team will win. And it's that thing of you, it's, obviously it's a computer programme, you can't, control mm-hmm. you doing that is going to make no difference whatsoever absolutely uh, and i don't know whether that's a kind of a same analogy but i just listening to what you're saying that just reminded me of me doing that as a kid um on that um something else i i, I found with this i don't what, what you think in this one is when they first announced the lockdown measures and they mm-hmm. talked about how um, you know you've got to work from home if you can you need to go to the shops infrequently uh, go for a walk every 30 minutes, but basically don't leave the, you know, if you can, don't leave home. At first I was like, oh, you know, and then after a couple of days you're thinking, you feel like you're starting to climb up the walls a bit. Mm-hmm. And then when I kind of took a step back, I thought maybe this is in my personal circumstances. Well, actually, this is no different to what I do every day. I go yep. to work, come home for the evening, go to work the next day, come home, go to the shop maybe. And how is that different? And it's almost like that, we have put this um, invisible uh, pressure on ourselves mm-hmm. that we can't feel like we can escape. Where actually, in certain circumstances, it's actually no different to what life was like for yeah. certain people. I don't know how you found that with day-to-day things. Yeah, there's definitely a pressure f- to make this forced time mean something by other social media outlets so you know we we live in this um instagram influencers kind of society now where you'll see certain celebrities and you'll watch their instagram stories or read their twitter profile and they are quote unquote doing isolation right i.e they're writing their books or they're doing this or they're doing that or they're they're making the house look beautiful and they're keeping it clean and pristine and i think what I found certainly in the first week or week or so is that I'm thinking to myself, right, today has to be this that I've got done because if we come out of this and I've done nothing, well, what a waste of time this has mm. been and putting kind of unnecessary amounts of pressure on myself. I think what is good is to set yourself kind of realistic goals about what you want to get done over the next couple of days. Things that are realistically, I know for a fact that I'm not going to get my roof insulated in the next two days but what i can do is clear a bit out i can mess about in the garden i can play that poker game i want to play i can just do little things that i want to do without this mounting pressure to get things done Mm. and you know isolation for people doesn't have to be balls to the wall everything gets done in your house everything gets done in the garden it can just be a case of just keeping yourself happy and enjoying the things that make you happy and if those things um, you find are now in the home, well, fantastic. If you start to read and you, you enjoy reading again, well, brilliant. That's, that's amazing. But you're not forced under gunpoint to do that. Mm. It's, it's about what makes you happy and being, being, you know, being yourself. And you see people um, on Twitter or Facebook or even LinkedIn when they're, when they're showing off things they've made and created. And you have that sense mm. of, oh, you know, obviously I'm trying to balance my time here. 
but mm. also, am I wasting my time here? You know, exactly. why, why am I not doing all that stuff? Should I be doing that stuff? I remember seeing a something on, something on LinkedIn a couple of days ago. This person basically saying, if you don't use this opportunity to learn some, like a new language or a new skill, mm. then you waste the time. And I remember thinking, that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody. It's you huge. Don't know what other pressure, people's yeah. circumstances are, and I think you've got to perhaps manage I think we've always you know it's always known in society that social media is going to be a healthy balance anyway and mm-hmm. this whole thing of fear of missing out um, but it, th- there is a pressure sometimes sometimes I'll look at stuff and going why haven't I done that or why have I not done that in the garden have I got enough I, time should I have enough yeah, time yeah I think what people need to realise every and and this doesn't necessarily apply to me because I don't have kids for example but you know your time at work and your time you know in your hobbies um, maybe without your kids so when you're at home you have a responsibility you you are fulfilling something even if it's just looking after the kids and making sure that you have an entertaining day it doesn't mean because your fence panels haven't been painted or you haven't read uh, a book from start to finish that you haven't done something Mm. wholesome you've spent time with your kids do you know what i mean i think we i think we have to really understand what we count as value and sometimes just having a day binge watching a tv is value because you enjoyed it if that is every day and it's not healthy, then fair enough. But there's plenty of opportunity for like exercise and stuff like that within the home as well. It's just a case of finding what is valuable to you mm. and just trying to do that, really. Uh, a story I want to kind of run by you and see what you think of this. Somebody I spoke to a couple of days ago uh, that I know, they live in London. They live in a uh, kind of a house share with, with uh, four other people. And they were telling me that they, they felt that the other people in their house share weren't really taking kind of coronavirus seriously at all, and they were the only ones that were. And I remember them saying to me that it got to a point where they thought, hang on a second, am I am I being too paranoid by this? Am I taking this too seriously? Am I then... And then with, with things like that, with, with mental health, you, you find that you then start thinking of, oh, do they think I'm being a bit silly with this? Am I actually being over the top with this? Am I... Am I going to be perceived badly by other people because I feel like that I've over-analysed and overthought what's going on with this? And I think that's probably the worst approach to take it in terms of this is something that everybody, even people who perhaps have never suffered with any kind of anxiety or stress before, mm. are going to be in the same position. They are going to be worried about what's going on. Yeah, I, I think the f- the first thing I'd tackle with that, if I was speaking to this person directly, is to say there's a very small percentage of the current living population that have been through something like this before. So there isn't a set way anybody should be feeling about this Um, because not in my lifetime, not in my parents' lifetime, if my grandparents were alive, I don't even think in their lifetime have they been in a position where they've been isolated, you're meant to isolate, you're not meant to be social with social creatures. And what I would say to people that are suffering with anxiety about are they doing the right thing or do other people think that they're doing the right thing is actually think to themselves am i am i personally happy with my level of action here so am i personally happy that i've done enough am i washing my hands enough or am i personally happy that i'm only going out when it's essential or am i personally happy that i'm limiting my contact to those in the home if you're happy with it then i hate to say it bollocks to everybody else i know it's very easy not some people aren't quite as blase about that as i am but if you're doing your part that there's nothing else that you can do you can tell other people and you can have that conversation with them and say listen i think you should be taking it more seriously but you won't again and it comes back to this you only have control over your actions in these scenarios like you 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 it's not your responsibility or it's not you don't have the power to save this epidemic or pandemic yourself don't put that pressure on yourself Mm. like you can only look after yourself and your immediate family so it's an immense amount of pressure i think people are putting on themselves to solve the world's problems when actually let's let's look after ourselves and the people that we that we love and that um it's really tough though really tough uh, what have in these kind of periods so far? It's been what, as a recording, we're literally nearly about to enter week three, I think, or about to hit mm-hmm. week three of site um, of this lockdown, and then obviously just on top of that, with with, with working from home for, for people who can do that. What things have you found so far that you've been able to that's helped you in terms of your own mind, or just daily mm-hmm. things that can keep you calm and um, happy in terms of this the situation we're in at the minute? 
Well, one thing, and it's just the one that I use. So th- there are multiple like fitness apps that you can use. So, and, and a lot of these apps at the moment, if you do a bit of research, are actually offering massively longer extended free periods. So Fitbit Premium, what I use, is 90 days now. Now, truth be told, am I going to probably pay for it after 90 days? Probably not. But what I've done is I've set myself a calendar reminder when the 90 days is up so I can cancel it a couple of days before. And I can use this plethora of fitness information to help me in the home. You cleared a bit of space in the garage and I can do that when I feel like I need to. I've, you know, there's Audible has free trials. There's, there's all sorts of different things that you can use that can get you, get your mind at ease. And, you know, every, we, this, I mean, not to big up our own podcast, though, if I'm going to plug one, I'm going to plug ours. <laughs> you know, we did a podcast a few weeks ago about um, what to watch, binge watching. If that's your thing, you know what I mean? There's, there's so much content out there. We've just got to pick the right things that work for us. I've, like fitness has been really important for me and I'm, I'm no you know Greek Adonis or anything like that but for for my mind lifting and throwing weights around and getting in a sweat that just makes me feel happy for some people that might be reading and or for some people that might be playing computer games or it might be it might be doing whatever but it's just about identifying what you enjoy that makes you feel calm and what makes you feel happy and doing it within you know within reason and not feeling guilty about it if that's something that's going to make you feel calm and happy in this situation and forget the world then that's completely fine absolutely it's absolutely fine you know what i mean again it's an unprecedented scenario that we're in if mate you know if being in the garage for an hour and doing an hour's yoga like i've done this morning not ashamed to say it set my day up really nicely i've done something that i think is of value so if the rest of the day i want to do nothing fine but then if i want to go out and paint in the garden fine but it's just not putting that pressure on yourself that you have to change your life within these three weeks which i think i think some people are doing yeah and something i found that has helped for me personally is what we're actually doing now we've got skype on we can see each other i think it's so important that despite the fact we're in this self-isolation period or if you're having to self-isolate that i think what we're perhaps lacking at the minute is that social interaction and that more more so the face-to-face interaction so yeah. using stuff like facetime like i think we talked about again when when we did this show that as more probably more as guys if somebody says to you oh i'll facetime you you probably think why, why are they going to facetime mm. it's not a natural thing for us to do to facetime but no. this is probably the most important time now just to because I, I always joke about once this is all over, are we going to find it really socially awkward to meet people yeah, again yeah. because we won't know what to do face-to-face? And I think just doing stuff like this, even if it's just when you speak to family or friends, maybe mm. try and suggest to you it's a FaceTime, and it's actually not an awkward thing to do now, just to, just to be, and, and no, have that face-to-face and see. Because, you know, when, when, you, when you talk to people over the phone, there is that thing like with social media where sometimes you can maybe misinterpret a tone of a voice Mm-hmm. the wrong way but when you can see somebody saying it and you just get that physical face-to-face interaction i mean yeah. me, me and my family the other weekend we 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 um organized a big quiz so we got skype on got it yeah. to the telly we all did around each and it was strange after a few minutes i could see everybody on the telly and it was just like everybody was in the room again and yeah I think it's just so important having that face-to-face interaction yeah i definitely think so and there's like a there's there's loads of apps and and you know skype what we're using at the moment and there's there's other ones that you can use as well and you're absolutely right it's about you know absence makes the heart grow fonder absolutely but when you can see people and you can have and you can see the smiles on their faces when you're talking that's going to boost you up anyway it certainly does when i'm speaking to my family on you know and my friends there and i I know exactly what you're saying though like why why is blokes or laddie lads or whatever you want to call it why would it's very rare that i would call my mate up and be like how are you unless i've got yeah. something i actually want to say to him um but you know what i mean i think people just appreciate it at the moment mm. i think like i play poker and we'll, we'll we'll set a screen up and we'll all have our cameras on and we'll have the game on one side and all our face and it's, you know what after a, after about half an hour you you forget you're just having fun with your mates yeah. as you would normally um and you know what the best thing about it is if i have a drink i'm gonna get a taxi home either <laughs> so <laughs> do you know what i mean so there are there are things and means that we can do that that can kind of alleviate a little bit of this it's just it's just trying to look at it with a positive outcome i think That's kind of two or three weeks from when we're recording it since we've had the lockdown and since this has really started to uh ramp up in, in this country how have you found this whole experience with in your in your eyes with your mind and and the challenges perhaps you might have with with mental health yeah so it's uh it's new for us all 
really, isn't it? It's nothing that we've ever had to deal with our generation or even generations before us, really, that have had to deal with something this 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 life changing and um with it obviously the, the pressures of of having to stay at home uh, can take its toll on on people because then when people have have basic uh, ways of life taken away from them it, it can affect people in many many different ways um and i said i can't relate to it really but you know i, I do feel most for the people who are stuck in really small accommodation and really yeah. small houses so like a family of two or three potentially that lives in a high-rise flat and on top of each other 24 7 i can only imagine how you know how that feels um it's something i can only i, I can't relate to it unfortunately you know i'm just i'm in the house with a with a garden so you know at least we can get out and then use the garden but you must be really claustrophobic in that scenario it's got to be, it really has got to be, and you can understand why people just want to get out and not make the full use of, of their hour. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's really difficult, and I guess like, for me, personally, it's, it's kind of be, adjusting to it has been okay. Um, you, do, what you, you do kind of think when you want to just go and buy something online or pop to the shops to get something that's not essential, you suddenly have to remind yourself and think, oh no, I can't. I can't do that now. I can't do it anymore. Like I can't go and pop to the garden store to get some nice fuchsias, some nice <laughs> plants for the yeah. garden, or, or whatever it is that you might be getting, because you can't you can't do that anymore, or, or you shouldn't be allowed to do it anymore. Um, and I guess like the, it was initially a bit unnerving when we saw when when you go into supermarkets and you do see um, the the barren shelves. Yeah. Probably like apocalyptic, really... like, wastelands. Yeah, everything's just like a barren land. You think, oh, you know, this, this hasn't really happened to us before where you go in. The essentials have been and stripped and stripped bare. And I think I said it before, you know, we've all saw the panic buying, really, when it comes to the crunch. You know, we're quite, people can be quite selfish when it, when when the chips are down and everyone just look after, look after themselves, really, and, and no thought for anyone else, which... It's a bit of a shame, really, but um, like I said, they're, they're, they're unprecedented times, really, and everyone will react a bit differently to it. Yeah, and we're in a, <clears throat> uh, you and I are in a, uh, a similar position as to Roy as well, where uh, we're working from home, we've got uh, two children, and I don't know how you feel, but I always, I always have that worry of, am I giving, not only am I giving enough time to my children in this scenario, but also trying to kind of keep them educated and to make sure that they that they get enough stimulus as well it's one of those weird ones that how you're finding in that situation so yeah so i mean i i with my job you know with me and the wife's job we we, we can work from home anyway I've, I've always been allowed to work from home really or had the capability of it and sarah recently has had the capability too but um one thing that that it's kind of thrown me i am a creature of routine really and and i've not i've I've suffered a bit for that loss of routine from having to be at home all the time um so now you know i don't get to do things like i normally would do because we're all on top of each other all the the time and yeah my son is of of school age and he's obviously um had to stop going to school now and Actually, my wife and I were actually we would be classed as key workers, but we've chosen to still keep him at work because that's the whole point, isn't it? To, mm. to keep them at home to to stop potentially spreading anything. And what comes with that is the pressures of making sure that they're not suffering education educationally. Yeah. Um, me personally, I'm I'm I can get into a rut every day thinking, is he learning enough? Is he taking stuff on board? Is he just forgetting everything he's learned at school because he's not going to understand? He's going to think it's like a bit of a free ride yeah. and he doesn't have to go to school anymore. And, and to be fair, we have asked him and he just he has started saying he's, he's missing school, he's missing seeing his friends, and that's something else you then have to start explaining to them as to you know why you can't see your friends at the moment, yeah. or, and then even when you can't see um, grandparents, essentially. Mm. Um, so. There's always there's always that issue and, and concern. We've been we've been quite upfront with him really and said like what um what what's going on. Um and to be fair he's kind of took it 
took it in his stride. Um, but you can get a bit, I say, you can get a bit bogged down with thinking, you know, are they, are they, are they, make, are they getting everything they need to to get? Um, are they getting enough stimulus from it? Really, I think it's, it gets the concern. Yeah. And they get enough stimulants, and they learn what they need to learn. But also, one thing that was told to me by some of the people at the school was that try not to get yourself too uh, worked up with thinking they've got to be learning from, from nine to three every day because they don't do that at school anyway. You know, they have yes, they have their lessons, but then they have their break time, their play time. They'll they'll do fun activities, you know, other stuff to stimulate them. <clears throat> And doing their PE as well, so you haven't got to sit them down and like do their times tables with them or doing their words in English from literally the start of the yeah. day till the end of the day. So I think people can take a bit of uh, comfort in that you know you don't have to put too much pressure on yourself to try and make sure they're learning the curriculum from front to back while they're off school. Um, but yeah, it's difficult because both my wife and I we have to we still have to work and. So I'm full-time work. I don't work Thursday as well. I'm a full-time worker and, and Sarah works you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So those Wednesday and Friday days when we're both working, like, like you know, today's a good example, actually. You know, it's quite it's really difficult for us when we've both got stuff that we need to do, yet the kids are always in the background. Yeah. You know, they want stimulating. They want someone to play with them, want to do this, that and the other. And you can get a bit irritable with... I definitely get irritable with them. Um, and I get irritable with myself. I, I can get irritable quite easily anyway. But you do find as though, you know, you, you can be a bit shorter with them because you're trying to get something yeah. done. And you have to take a step back and think, OK, well, let's be fair. You know, they don't know what's going on. They don't know what work is and what you've got to do. So we just try and take it in, in shifts, essentially, to try and say, OK, I'll, I'll do an hour of work, you look after the kids, and then we'll switch, and then we'll just keep that going throughout the day um doesn't always work mm. have to be honest because i mean you can't sometimes you can't just drop a, something mid-work and spend an hour with the kids you've got to try and finish something off or exactly you'll get, yep. a, you'll get a call you know and you just can't and i think airplanes kind of accept that will happen and you'll get some dodgy moments on conference calls from time to time <clears throat> with children in the background but there's an allowance for that but you know, you could be on quite serious calls or something, and then you've got some some <laughs> yeah. situation going on in the background. You've got to tend to, so it can be hard. It can be it can be difficult, but you know, then you've got to take a step back and mm. just try and calm and have a calm and think. Well, you know, they don't they don't understand. I guess it's it's not trying to feel guilty about it as well when you have to do because there's been times where my daughter's <clears> been asking me to play with her, and there's been something serious I need to get on with, and as I'm doing the work, I just think, oh, like I feel I should I I should. It just there's that guilt of I don't want my child to be playing on their own or I want them to still have that stimulus. But I think it's like I say, you've got to have that balance. Think you know, you, you spend a few minutes doing this, then you'll get that opportunity. But you've got to still prioritise what you're doing you, at home. You have, yeah, and I guess it's all too easy to chuck an iPad under their nose or yeah. um, put films on. You know. William was watching a film at eight o'clock this morning. You know, just when that's when that's when we started work. So it's quite easy just to give yourself an hour's respite. You know, let them just do something for an hour while you get your day sorted mm. and your day set up, and then you you know you you plan around it and you're planning your day from then on in. Um, but yeah, you kind of want to keep away from a scenario where they're just going to be looking at an iPad mm. for six hours, seven hours a day because. You're just worried about the stimulus there and what they might be looking at. So, I think it helps to kind of plan in your times on on what you're going to do and when throughout the day. Something I found uh, strange at the minute is when we go on our government-approved uh, walks outside. <laughs> um, I think everyone is conscious now of keeping their distance from people, but you always have that odd thing where you start approaching somebody. And you find that you're kind of eyeing each other up, thinking, right, who's going to move first? Who's going to move yeah. to the side first? And you have that kind of little smile and nod, saying, oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, but it's when we were originally recording this show yesterday, I kind of mentioned about how it's a bit like that uh, show, um, is it Bring on the Wall? Where you're, trying, yeah. you're in scenarios where you're like trying to cramp through. Have you found that a bit strange when you're on walks? And you're thinking, you know, walks used to be just go for a walk. Now it's like consciously conscious of where you're going and, and who might be around you yeah it's right it's the old like 
Mexican standoff, isn't it? Where you're, yeah. you're walking down the pavement. And I do find, you know, when, you, when we go for walks or... You know, I don't go for that many runs. I've got Ledley King knees, so I can't do too many runs. But when I do, um, you do see someone at the other end of the street and you, you just start looking around, looking behind to think, right, is it safe for me to cross? Even though the miles are, you know, there's so much road until you get to them. But you're already thinking, right, where can I... Where can I cross now? Because I've got to either run in the road or cross over the road to, mm. to avoid them. And um, even going like to shops as well. I mean, I went to the shops yesterday, and um, and the, the the bloke came out the shop and he approached me to say, "Oh, you can go in. They're, they're allowing two in, not just one." And he was coming towards me. I found myself like taking a step step or two back. Yeah, you know, out of like like a knee jerk reaction. Think I, I don't want this, I don't want anyone getting too close to me because you know these. These are the rules now, and, and you know, unfortunately, and um, yeah, you do just find it quite strange now, where you just you don't want to be getting close to anyone mm. at all. It's just that we, everything that we normally do, we normally do get close to people and talk to them. We're now doing it at such a well, more well more than arm's length now, isn't it? You know, doing it at a, a two meter length, and it's a bit strange. It is quite strange because you've got to, even when you're going to a shop now, you've got to try and plan where you're going to go and. Some people have been adhering to it. I know that some some haven't. Like mm. I know when, when my wife went to Sainsbury's, she was getting a bit upset because when you're in the aisle at the shops, people are coming over her shoulder and and grabbing stuff and not like, breathing heavily when they're around her. And it's you know it, it just makes makes a simple task of going shopping seem a bit more mm. stressful and arduous now because you think well I don't, I don't know who you are and you're getting too close to me. You know you, you could you could be anyone. You know I don't know if you've got anything. Uh, or not, so it just makes it a bit of a, an added stressful occasion. And that just plays on your mind, isn't it, afterwards? Then you're coming away thinking, oh, hang on a second, does that mean if I feel like I'm going to have a cough later on, or if I feel a bit, ugh, which could just be a general cold, or just a general moment where you're not feeling great, you start thinking, oh, great, well, because I went to the shop then, does that mean I've I've got something now? Well, exactly, yeah, you, you think, she comes you know, comes back in, and she's like, she's not touching anything with her hands at all, before she gets to the sink and washes her hands first, and then she was, like, telling me all about it, and thinking, oh, God, I'm, I might, if I get something there in the next week, I know exactly where I've got it from, and yeah, it just, just starts playing on your mind a little bit, which is a bit sad, really, you know, there's nothing we can do about it, no, unfortunately, yeah. there's they're the rules, but it's just a bit... It's just a bit sad, really, that we have to have that at the forefront of our minds when, when we go out. What have you found that has helped you in terms of this new way of life at the minute? Is there anything that you found that for your position that's helped you that perhaps that might help others <clears throat> that perhaps haven't tried stuff out for in terms of balancing or working from home or just in general kind of helping with your mind in terms of this weird world that's going on at the minute? Yeah, so as I said before, with with the loss of routine that I've had, it can be quite easy to get into a rut, to be honest. And I was saying before when we originally recorded that um, I'm forgetting simple things when it comes to loss of routine. So the other day, I just completely forgot to put the bins out. I missed the bin collection because when I get home from work from Birmingham on the Monday, the first thing I do after I pull the car on the drive is grab the bins, put it on the road, and because now I don't have anywhere to drive to for work, I woke up Tuesday morning to the sound of the bin collection van going by, and I've not, and I've not done, I've not put the bins out, and that's just one of many things, and I know it's a trivial thing, but it's just one of many things I've just forgot to do, because my routine is completely out of kilter. But so. it, it, it's like that Christmas New Year period, isn't it, where all the days blend into one, you forget what the yeah, day is. Yeah, so what, what day is it today? Somebody, my wife reminded me the other day, she said, you do know it's a four-day week this week, you know you'll be off Friday, and I'm thinking... Oh yeah, and then also when you get to the weekend, it doesn't feel like a weekend. It just feels like another day. Well, in fact, I had forgotten. So you've just reminded me that, <laughs> I, that we're not on work on Friday, which is cra- it's crazy. Because and the reason why I say that is because I was looking at the weather forecast earlier, and I said to Sarah, oh, "Look, it's going to be 22 degrees on Friday." And I mm. think even she said, "Oh, you know what a shame we're both working that day." So I don't think even she knows. <laughs> to be honest, that they're off on Friday. But as far as tips go, one thing, and, I, and I'm, you know, I'm. I am currently going through um, CBT sessions at the moment for you know, low mood. And one of the things that I've done over the last two weeks from my previous session, which has helped me, is planning out your day, planning mm. out when you wake up, what are your tasks that need doing. And if you can imagine, 
um, four squares. You know, you, 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 you label each square if something's urgent or important or if it's not important, not urgent. And you put in what you need to do for the day and it really helps focus your mind on, right, what's the first things that I need to do today that are urgent and important yeah. or things that are things that are important but not urgent. And then obviously the ones that are not urgent and not important, you just, you know, leave them till last essentially yeah. there's just like things that like, trivial things that you could do and the reason why you do that is because when you when you know you're getting things done throughout the course of the day you get a bit of a sense of achievement with each thing that you do and this could be anything big or small so it literally could if it could be making a breakfast or going for a run or cleaning something up that you've wanted to clean for a while you know just just bullet your day out and that's really helped me both with my home tasks and with my work tasks as well, just making sure that I've got this this routine plan I'm sticking to to get to get me through the day and to make sure that I'm getting what I need mm. to get done because it can be quite easy to think, oh well, I'm working from home now, so my routine's gone. I'll just I'll get up when I want. I'll I'll do what I want. Yeah. I'll stay I'll stay up till two every morning watching Netflix or watching iPad, which sounds can sound great. And I mean, some people will love doing that, but some other, other people say, say that late can really affect their quality of sleep, which in turn means they wake up next morning feeling quite shitty, yeah, quite low. Yeah. And then you, you, your next day then is automatically off to a bad start. And then you might feel bad that day. You might not feel like you want to do certain tasks. And then what happens then is that you look at your list at the end of the day. You've only done two things on it. And you start feeling low because you think, oh, I've not done what I wanted to do today. Especially, so, if, especially in the period if you're, if you're self-isolating and you can't get out of the <clears> house, <throat> you're seeing the same four walls all the time. Having something like that, keeping your mind occupied, having kind of a to-do list every day, is just going to, you would think it's going to help you get through the days. It will, yeah. And, you know, hopefully, like, you know, people's to-do list won't be, like, wake up, play PlayStation, go to bed. <laughs> It'll be something a bit more, I appreciate, you know, that, people might want to do that you know yeah. and if and if they do that if you know whatever makes you happy but it's horses for courses really and um it's, to me like you want to have little achievements something that can give you a sense of achievement mm. so I, I, i've been quite lucky really you know just my personal circumstances that i've been able to get lots of work done in the garden and you know we've done a little bit of decorating of the kitchen while we've been in isolation and we've actually managed to get a few jobs done that we probably wouldn't normally have done if we were in isolation if we weren't isolated we probably would have gone out you know at the weekend and done other things but and just put you just put off the job state oh yeah we'll do it another weekend that's exactly right you just put it off because you think you know what i'd probably rather do something a bit more fun i'd Mm. rather go out to with the kids take them out somewhere uh but instead you know we've just gone well we we can't do anything else right now to be honest so we'll just we'll just get these jobs done and i felt good doing them you know it gives me a sense of achievement and it makes you have a little nice feeling inside of you to think, yeah, I've I've got these jobs done now, um, and I can just tick it off my list, and it just gives you a bit of sense of satisfaction. No, exactly. I, I was in a scenario where it was I think it was last weekend. I just thought, you know what, I might as well start painting the fences now. And I think I was halfway through. It was I was about three hours into it. And I had that first moment where I realised, like I'd, I'd realised the world we're in. I kind of lost my sense of time and lost the world so much to my own benefit. And I was like, actually, this is really nice, this is, actually. I literally completely forgot what was going on about for for three hours, and then I just carried on. And it's like what you say, sometimes losing yourself in a task in these scenarios we're in at the minute can can help you feel better. It really does. And speaking as, as an office monkey, someone who just sits in front of a keyboard all day, doing some manual labour jobs uh, every so often, I actually find quite therapeutic, for that, similar reasons to what you just said, that my fences just out there on the driveway I've, I've painted those and, and as you just said the whole morning just flew by and i've looked at my watch and it's like gone past lunchtime thinking wow you know i put my earphones in listened to a podcast mm. started painting and before you know it it's the morning's gone and you can get lost in yourself and, and the, as you've quite rightly said you just forget everything that's that's going on right now you just you just concentrate on one thing just just painting the fences and then yeah, the time, the time just goes. And before you know it, you think, all oh, right, great, you know, I'll stop now, it's lunchtime, I can do the next job. Big thank you to Adam, Roy and Matt for taking the time out to do that episode with us and opening up about their experiences so far with their mental health and coronavirus. Now, look, we're not mental health experts. 
whatsoever. So if you feel like you need to talk to somebody, your best first case is to go to your GP. And also there's some great online resources for you to access for free. If you go on the NHS website, if you go on the charity Mind, which is mind.org, and also the Samaritans, there's some great resource there for you to find out more about uh, mental health awareness and how you can help uh, yourself in terms of your own mental health. We're in a very unprecedented time at the moment and that was obviously the word we're all hearing at the moment and we've all got our own individual challenges and our own individual concerns about what's going on but I think like you've heard on the episode take some ease in knowing that there are a lot of people out there who are experiencing the same concerns and issues and we are literally all in this together like we always say with mental health it's always good to talk there's never a better time to talk don't be afraid to pick up the phone to send a whatsapp to someone if you need to talk to somebody on the other end of the phone and remember there's never been a better time to talk so stay safe and thanks for listening and now the business update after a difficult year experts are optimistic a recovery is imminent with key indicators improving and yet men everywhere continue to dress as if they just rolled out of bed the economy is ready to bounce back are you At Charles Tirrett, we have the high-quality shirts and smart menswear to get you back to your best. Try our introductory offer with three shirts for only $99, delivered free. Use code POD99 at ctshirts.com or any Charles Tirrett store. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.